But I want to talk to you today as we're in this series that we're talking about called First Things First. As we, every month, we build onto something new, and this is leading right into next month's series, and we're excited about it because we're going to start next month on Faith Works. Somebody's glad faith still works, amen? And, and for, but you got to get first things first, and, and getting into that mindset and, and walk of where our faith can really work in God, and so we're excited about that, but we're in this series, and we talked to you on the first part of this. We, we talked about values and where our nation is and how we have personal values, traditional values, and those are flexible. I can't put mine on you, and you can't put yours on me. Those are our personal relationships with God, but then there's core values that are biblical principles that are for every one of us, and they're not optional. They're God's roadmap map to bringing us into a life of victory. And then last Sunday, we talked about Christians in an anti-Christian culture. And now today, I want to talk to you, really coming into that on the other side, on dream again, getting our dream back, really understanding. And, and we're in the summer months, July. We've got many families still on vacation, and yet we're continuing to grow in the summer. And, and we want you to get away. Kathy and I did. We're getting ready to go away again and, and be with some family and, and minister to my mom and different ones and take some of our little granddaughters out for a couple days. And we're going to vacation. And those are good. You need to vacate. You need to just get away and, and give your mind a break. But when we go on vacation, my wife has a middle name that's called Go. Kathy Go Livingston, because she's going all the time. Uh, she don't know where she's going half the time. She's going, all right? And uh, she's going. And when we go on vacation, she's still going. And, and I'm not. I'm sitting still. I'm vacating, all right? And so about every day, we take about two hours where she goes, and I don't do nothing but sit and listen and pray. And it's not all spiritual, but just be still and, and listen to what God is saying and, and learn to dream again Amen. and re, regroup your vision, regroup God's plan for your life. And, and, and I want to talk to you about that today because, you see, it's, it's great to have a time to just go out and have fun, but you've got to set some time to refocus, to regroup and get God's purpose and his vision back in place. Jesus made it very clear about dreams when he said, without a vision or without a dream, the people perish. And the day you stop dreaming, you're dying. And I'll never forget my pastor, who was my pastor when I started preaching at age 15, Garland Owens. One thing he told me I'll never forget, he said, Dan, your dream is your roadmap to God's purpose and destiny in your life. And the day you quit dreaming is you're going nowhere. And you've got to understand dreams are a valuable part of putting first things first in your life. Go to our text, Proverbs 29. Get your notes out. If people can't see what God is doing, if people can't see, if they don't have a vision of what God is doing, that, that's in your personal life, that's in your family, your home, in your church. How about in our country or in the nation right now? If people can't see what God is doing, we shared with you last Sunday, God's kind of got this in the palm of his hand right now. If you don't see what God is doing, you stumble over yourself. You're caught up in all of this. What's going on? It's confusing. It's mind-boggling. It's scary. You stumble all over yourselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And I want to tell you, you are. 
when you begin to connect with what God is really trying to show. And when we get into next month and we talk about faith works, I'm going to share with you scripturally how God, I'm going to show you scripturally to the point of how God has everything that's going on in the world right now. God's up to something. And, and when he reveals what he's doing, all of a sudden, instead of walking in fear and anxiety and wanting to dig a foxhole or find a cave and die, nah, man, you realize this is the greatest hour for the church and the history of the church. We're just not used to being the minority because for the last 100 years, we were the majority and we stagnated while the majority, because the 900 years before we were the majority, we were the minority, and we were in persecution, and the church thrived when it was the minority and persecuted. But for the last 100 years, the church has just been comfortable in the, minor, in the majority, and we haven't had to do anything. But now we're the minority again, and God's going, the church is going to thrive again, greater than it ever has before, because good church isn't enough anymore. And so God's setting us up. He knows what he's doing, and he's ready to reveal it to us. And we're going to share some prophetic things to you starting next in, in the first Sunday of, of August. It's going to be mind-boggling. You don't want to miss that. And so let's go, because dreams, dreaming dreams, allows one to fulfill God's purpose and destiny in your life. There's no greater expression than to be able to say, I'm living out my dream. How many's ever got to do that? I'm really living out my dream. See, I, I didn't get a whole lot of response right there. That's scary. All right? But you don't know why? Because we're in survivorship mindset. We're just trying to forget week to week, man. We're trying to just wake up tomorrow. That's our mindset. We've lost our dream, and we're in a survivorship mode. We've sacrificed our dream. And when you stop dreaming, you're going nowhere in life. You're stagnated, and you're just surviving. You're just wandering. And that's what Jesus said. When they stop seeing, when you can't see God's purpose and destiny for your life, you're stumbling and just wandering. But today, I want to help you get refocused and get your dream back and let God reveal some really truths to you today. Y'all ready for that? All right, let's get ready to ride. Get your notes out. How many saw the, there was a movie. I'm not a movie buff, but my wife is. They know her by visual. She, they don't even need her name anymore. But, uh, and they, she's got her big thing, tub for popcorn and all that, you know. And, uh, but I, I don't go to many. But I went to one. She taught me in one called The Bucket List. Anybody ever see The Bucket List, you know? I can't really recommend it because there's some kind of not so good stuff in there. But uh, she didn't tell me that part. But anyway, and, uh, but I went. And, and it challenged me because when I left there, I wrote out a bucket list. And I still have it. And I wrote out some things that I wanted, dreams that I had that I didn't really know if they would take place or not, but, but I wanted them. They, they were dreams. And here's a few of them. Uh, some of you know that in 1998, uh, our world crashed and, and we lost seemingly everything. I went from a great job, great income to no income at all. I mean, it was devastating. And, and, and I went into financial services that I knew nothing about. I didn't know the difference between a mutual fund and annuity. We grew up dirt poor. You know, when you're chickens leaned against the barn, you're poor. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, and we were poor. So I didn't know anything about money. And so I go into this industry I don't know anything about. But I, I, I realized this was my hope. This is what God gave me. And I began to dream. And, and they had an award in our company that if you cash flowed $100,000 in a 12-month period, you were a member of the Alexander $100,000 Earner Club. And they, they, they had a company that makes Super Bowl rings that's the exact same size, weight, and everything of the Super Bowl the players get. And they gave that in a stage in front of thousands of people. And I started dreaming. 
And I said, I'm going to get that ring. I'm going to earn that, that $100,000 in 12 months. Can I tell you my dream? I put a picture of my wife and two kids on my mirror. And I prayed over them every morning and said, God, my dream is this. It's going to happen. We had people point fingers in our face and say, we'll see you homeless on the street. You're going to lose everything. But I got a dream that was opposite of the negativity that was being spoken into my world. And, and can I tell you, in nine months, I was a field vice president of a financial company. And in my 14th month, I got the ring, baby. I got the ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I cash flowed 100 grand in my first 14 months in the business. I don't wear it because it's too gaudy, all right? But I got it, baby. I got it. And it's going to my son when I die. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to him today. But you got to give it back so I can use it next service. And then you can have it after today. You sell this, I'm going to kill you. All right. You know him. He loves guns more than my ring. That's going to Jabin. He's going to give it to his son. But you see, you got you to have some dreams. I dreamed that I was going to take my family on trips that we would never get to go to. I dreamed to take my family to Hawaii. And guess what? That dream came true, and it was free. And I won it with my company. Not to just Kathy and I go, but our kids went with us. And we were staying. We stayed seven nights in an $800 a night room. We were on the fifth floor, and they had boats coming around on the fifth floor to pick you up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I went. And then we went again, just us. And then we went, I, dream, I had on there Jamaica. I want to go to Jamaica. And, and a, a pastor friend of ours called me and said, we have a, a mansion right there on the ocean, right next to Dun River Fall, and we want you and your family to go. We hopped on a plane, went to Jamaica, spent a week in Jamaica, had a cook, had a driver take us wherever we wanted to go, free. Amen. Yeah, I went, baby, I went. <laughs> I mean, you wake up in the morning, and there's the, there's the ocean, and there's the cook out there with all your breakfast waiting on you when you wake up in the morning with a 40 by 20 pool. And Yeah, we went. <laughs> we dreamed so many places, and, and, the, and the Colorado mountains, and, and the Smoky Mountains, and, and, and all of the, a matter of fact, I think I got a couple uh, uh, you, yeah, there she is by the falls. Ain't she pretty? All right. And, and Colorado Mountains, anybody, where you step down and look a thousand feet down, it'll get you saved. I'm telling you. <laughs> Colorado. Yeah, there they are. Colorado Mountains. And I could put on, what is that? You got to get your bucket back out. You got to start dreaming again, things that you don't think will happen. One of my dreams was that I wanted to take my mom and dad on a five-star gold crown vacation, that they would blow their mind because we grew up poor. And, and you know what? I got to do that, and, and we took them to Bonnet Creek Resort in Orlando, Florida. It, this place is amazing, gold crown, five-star. My dad walked in the room. I'll never forget his face when he walked in. He went, oh, my God. <laughs> Not knowing that he was going to die just a short time later, but I got my dream. And what he thought was, oh, my God, at Bonnet Creek, he got to heaven and went, that was nothing. This is it right now. You know what I'm saying? But these were dreams. These were dreams that, that we have. And, and I want to challenge you today. You got to get your dream back. One of my dreams was when, when I had a grandson. I've got three granddaughters that I love immensely, all right? But they don't hunt. They're too girly. Okay, I need a hunting buddy, right? And, and then when I found out I got a grandson on the way, I didn't even wait for him to get here, man. I done bought his hunting backpack. 
you know, I've got his gloves, all right, and I've got his hat that fits the little boy. I've got his hoodie already. He's got a 7 mil 08 waiting on him and my gun safe right now. He's got boots that's going to fit him when he goes in the woods with me. It's done. Then I got a doctor's report that says he's got a brain disease and a short time to live, but I got a dream before I had a report. Yeah. And then I had another dream and, and I woke up dreaming it that I was standing behind the, the baseball fence and I'm watching my son, my grandson catch. And I watched little Jabin look back at me and smile and I got his glove and I got his ball. It sits on my shelf. Every day I walk in and I touch this and I pray that I'm gonna get to fulfill that dream because you see a doctor's report, it can knock the breath out of you, but it can't take away your dream. It can't take away your hope. You gotta keep dreaming. You got to keep dreaming. I want to challenge you today. I want to talk to you very quickly. I want to desire, my hope today is to reignite dreams back in Transformation Church. Anybody ready to dream again with me? All right, number one, God speaks through dreams. Dreams are the language of God. He talks to us through dreams. Why does he do that, Sister Gladys? Because if he talked to you verbally, how many of you have ever said this? I've never heard the voice of God. Anybody ever said that? I've never heard. How many of you have ever had a dream that God fulfilled? Then you heard the voice of God. You heard the voice of God. He talks through dreams. You want to know why he talks through dreams? Because if he spoke to us audibly, we filter out what we don't believe. It doesn't get big enough. It doesn't get supernatural if he talks to us audibly because we filter it through our doubt and our unbelief. But when he speaks to us through a dream, we see the whole picture. We get to see, I get to see my grandson. The report says that ain't happening. But the dream says I'm believing it every day. I'm believing it every day. I know what I saw. I know what I saw. It's bigger than what I heard. I saw it. I believe it. I think it's going to happen. I really do. Why? Because he let me go into the supernatural realm through a vision that I cannot get through an audible voice. Come on, y'all with me today. Come on, see, I'm, you done got me yelling now. I'm sorry. Man, we got to dream again. Get our dream back. God speaks to us through dreams so that he can get into our spirit, man. Look in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Love this, love this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. On, does anybody believe we're in the last days? Yes. Come on, really? Does anybody really, really, really believe we're kind of like in the last days? And, and by the way, in September, because many people are asking for this, in September, I'm going to do a series on what's going on prophetically in the last days. What, what does the Israel mean? What does the whole thing in the European nations mean? What's going on in all this, the jade helm and everything? We're going to share with you prophetically, biblically, exactly where we are, because this is the greatest opportunity for the church to shine. And so get ready for that. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men, that gives some of us hope, your old men will dream dreams. Watch this, watch this. Hasn't happened, hasn't happened, hasn't happened. It's prophetic. It's what's to come. It's a dream. It's a hope. He says, I'm going to let your sons and daughters begin to speak forth what is it yet. 
I, I'm going to let your young men begin to see what hasn't happened yet. I, I'm going to let your old men begin to dream dreams again. I'm going to restore my purpose. I'm going to restore my calling in your life. Men, women, get ready because God says in this last day, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And it's not just to have a big revival somewhere in somebody's church building. It's a sweeping move of the Holy Spirit inside the body of Christ that we're going to start prophesying the word of God. We're going to speak life into death. We're going to give hope into hopeless situations. We're going to turn medical science in reverse. We're going to watch God raise the dead, open eyes that are blind. You don't have to go to Africa to watch a miracle happen anymore. Just stay right here in Pensacola and get ready because God is waking up his church. He's getting ready for unbelievable things to happen. God wants you to get a visual. He said they're stumbling because they don't see what I'm doing. God wants you to get a vision. Number two, dreams are the hope of your faith. Dreams are the hope of your faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Anybody in here hoping for something? You know, I know one family was hoping for a brand new home that they dreamed to build, and they're getting ready to move in. You're in. Raise a hand. They're in. We're going to go dedicate that baby. Had a dream. We have families in here that never thought they would own a home, their own home, several this year, and they've moved in. We're going to dedicate a couple of them here in August. Moved into their new home because they dreamed. They dreamed. We've had three people this week let me know that, Pastor, it was unexpected, but I got a promotion on my job and my income has doubled. Three, they're sitting in here right now. I'm telling the truth. What, they, they begin to dream and what was not possible, God's made possible. Can I tell you what's happened? Do you know the number, I don't know what anybody in this church gives, but I know this is a fact. The number one giver in this church came to us a homeless alcoholic. The number one giver in this church right now came to this church in a drug program an alcoholic, homeless. But God transformed a life and gave a dream. And today that person gives more a week than most people make. Don't tell me God can't do the impossible. That God can't reverse the norm and do unbelievable things in your life. You just got to dream again. You got to dream again. And so you've got to realize that your hope, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? Because that's the substance of your faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. And if you're not hoping for something bigger than you today, you're walking in disobedience to God's word. That's why the church is stagnant. Because we lost our hope. We lost that dream. If you're not dreaming today, you can't please God. You're not pleasing God today if you're not dreaming. Come on, folks, can we get our dream back? Let's start dreaming again, believing God for those things that we gave up on, all right? We've got to come and believe again. Get your hope back. Number three, can I tell you this? Dreams come true. They do. Dreams come true. Can I tell you, America is a miracle in itself. 56 signers to the Declaration of, of Independence because Americans did not believe that they could exist outside the rule of England. 
Everybody was going, it can't happen, it can't happen. We, we can't exist outside the rule of England. But 56 men dared to believe that we could. And they come together and signed a declaration of independence. And America's here today, an independent nation, because 56 men were willing to dream against the odds. And can I tell you, some of you need to change your sphere of influence and stop letting dream killers keep killing your dream and go against the flow and just paddle if you have to and get your head up and go, you know what? I may be all alone, but I'm dreaming again, baby. I am dreaming again, getting my dream back because dreams can come true. God answers our dreams. This building's a dream. No, it's not a 3,000-member megachurch yet. But we, did, we come into this building with 70 people, broke. We did. And they wanted $180,000 for it. And we didn't have it. And the bank laughed at me when I went up. Are you kidding me? And, and there was two churches in line to buy it. And then all of a sudden, we get a phone call from a pastor in New Jersey, and he said, God woke me up last night, and I met with my board this morning, and we're wiring you down $170,000 to buy that building. I got three. That's so sad. I said, a church, we didn't even ask, wired down $170,000 and bought this building for us. Come on. Because we dreamed it was ours. We kept bugging the owner. They're like, we got people, no, it's ours. Well, the bank said, no, it's still ours. And we've got to come and realize today that dreams come true. Luke 1, 37 says, for nothing is impossible to God. Nothing's impossible for God. One of my dreams in, in, in uh, 2010 was to build a, a bomb shelter in Israel, but they cost 20-something thousand dollars. And this church didn't have 20-something thousand dollars to send, but I had a dream. And then God gave us a plan and you gave, and we raised close to $3,000, so we financed an entire thing where usually 15 or 20 churches will come together and finance it. You're giving. Let us finance a night to honor Israel here in Pensacola. And we invested $3,000, but that night we took up an offering for $23,000. Yeah. And there's a plaque right back there. I think, I don't know. There's a plaque right back there, and there, there it is where they showed us, gave us a copy of the plaque that is now... This is uh, Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, who's over the company in Israel that builds the bomb shelters. He's an amazing rabbi. And he's presenting us in Washington, D.C. at the summit a copy of the plaque that is now in a bomb shelter in Israel by daycare that is saving the lives of children every day. It's a dream. And I'm telling you, God answers your dreams. But let me go through some things today because how many's found out there's some dream killers out there? And I want to identify three of those today. Number one, the first dream killer is a wrong view of life. As long as you're fussing about the life you have, you're not dreaming about the one to come. As long as you're in a negativity and a complaint about how bad life is, you're not dreaming for what's about to come. And how many besides me can raise both hands and go guilty, been there, done that, even a foot? Okay. We've done it, right? And a wrong view of life will always steal your dream. 
We live in a real world, but, it go, but, but what goes on in it should not define who and what we are and what our purpose is. Yes. Supreme Court decisions, world decisions, murder of innocent victims in churches and military compounds, Confederate, Confederate flag debates. These are all real issues, as I said last week. They must be addressed, but they cannot be allowed to pull us down into something that's going to distract us from the real purpose of the church and understanding that this is the greatest hour in the history of the church if we truly believe Jesus is about to come back. These are major issues. They are not to be ignored, not making light of them at all. But I'm telling you, we have a task called the Great Commission, and we've got to keep it priority knowing that God has called us to be light in a world and salt to an earth and knowing that there's a day very, very soon that's going to come. It's going to get so dark out there that those empty seats, those few that are in here, they're not going to be empty long because when it gets that dark out there, they're going to flood where they see a light and it's always been the church. It's always been the church and they're going to flood us again and we blew it at 9-11, but we're going to be ready for them this time, baby. I said, we're going to be ready for them this time and they're going to hear the gospel of a real Jesus. Wrong view of life. You can't let all the stuff you're hearing on the news, you can't let all the divisive stuff the enemy's trying to throw at us, all the racial divisiveness and all the, the, the political divisiveness and all of these things to try. I mean, just look around you today. Isn't this a blessing just to see the multicultural, not just color, but social and everything that God is pulling together and we get to come as one family. We, we can't fall into that trap of that lie of the enemy. We've got to keep a right view of life. And that's the great commission. What God has called us to do. Satan desires to kill your dream by giving you a wrong view of life. If you don't have something bigger than you in your life, than your life, then the struggle of life gets bigger than you. Okay, let me read it so I don't say it wrong. I wrote it down, but I got to. If you don't have something bigger in your life than your life, then the struggle of your life gets bigger than you. You got to have something bigger than you driving you every day. You got to have a dream bigger than just your family. You got to have a dream bigger than just your career. You got to have a dream bigger than just your church or your ministry. You got to have a dream that's worldwide, man. It impacts the world. I'm going ahead of myself, but let me ask you a question. If God answered your number one prayer today, would it just change you and your family or would it change the world? Because your dream's got to be bigger than you. I said, your dream's got to be bigger than your wallet. You can't guide your dream by what's in your wallet. Because God's bank account's really, really big right now. Come on, y'all with me today? The next dream killer's a wrong view of yourself. A wrong view of life. A wrong view of yourself. You've heard it, but God sees more than you than you see in yourself. We see things as... As we see them, we, we see things in the reality of what they are, and they're really there. But we must look past what we see and begin to see what God sees because God's up to something. Wasn't that our text? That if you can't see what God is doing, then you're going to be stumbling all over yourself. 
And you've got to see what God sees in you. Some of you are like me, and I was there. You've been through some horrible conflict in your life. You've been through some deep, deep pain. You know what it's like to be deeply hurt, abused, offended. I can write a chapter in that book with you. It's not fun. We wish it wasn't there, but it's there. But you know what? It's part of what catapulted us to who we are today. If you understand, God has a plan. He didn't do it to us, but he said, I'll take what that devil meant for evil. I'll take what people meant for evil. I'll take what those that abuse you meant for evil and I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to let your pain be a picture frame. It's going to show my unique work and message inside of you. I've got a purpose and a destiny for your life. Don't let the crisis and the tragedies of your life define who you are. Let the word of God define who you are today. And today God says you're awesome. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're specially made by the hands of God and God wants you to get your dream back. Somebody stole your innocence. Don't let them steal your dream with it. Somebody stole your hope. Don't let them steal your dream. Get it back. Get it back today. Israel saw a shepherd boy. God saw a king. James Robinson. James Robinson, the world saw a bastard because he was conceived in the womb of his mother while she was raped. The world saw a bastard, but God saw a world-changing preacher. That's impacting the globe with the hope of Jesus. Moses saw himself unqualified, and God had already qualified him. Come on, you got to get a right view of yourself. Well, pastor, you just have no idea. You just have no idea. You live on a totally different planet than the rest of us. Oh, save that, please. Please save that. You're looking at a C student all the way through high school. Okay, I admitted it. I'm one of them guys that despise you A people. We hate y'all. We hate y'all. We totally hate you. I mean, you ruined the curve. You just need to stay home some. Forget that straight attendance stuff. It's not worth it. You just blew it for all of us. We did. I, I graduated high school on baseball and art, I confess. I was the president of the art club. If you go to my high school right now, the whole football scoreboard, the huge, my biggest stage up here, I designed it and painted it. And it graduated me. <laughs> yeah. Then my kids show up, you know. And my brother Dave, you know, my brother Dave, he was an A student. And his initials are the same as mine, DL. So I had every teacher he had the next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, life was hell in school. Well, your brother, I don't give a flip about my brother, all right? I don't even, I don't even confess he's my brother, all right? And then he would come home and go, didn't make a B, not one B, not one B. I go, ain't nothing. I ain't got a B either. <laughs> Smart Alec. Oh, let's play trivial, trivial. I can't even say the word. Yeah, suit, not happening. Let's watch Andy Griffith, okay? So, yeah, I know what it's like to be on that side of the track, all right? And then I get to college and I fail speech class and I'm called to preach. Failed it. Flunk. So, I took summer school and took extra speech classes. So I could hopefully learn to do what he called me to do. 
But I had a dream as a 15-year-old boy to preach around the world, to share the good news of Jesus. And today I get to tell you that I've had the honor, the humble honor to stand in some of the mega powerful churches of this nation and preach in front of tens of thousands of people the hope of Jesus. I had a dream to stand for Israel and be a spokesman for Israel. I got to do that. I wanted to go to Israel. but That wasn't going to happen. It's too expensive. Then one day I got a phone call from a little pastor in Houston, Texas called John Hagee. Yeah, you know John Hagee, you know, little guy over there. He called. I think he got a picture. Yeah, that's on Mount of Olives, by the way, with Pastor Hagee. And he had never done this in all of his ministry. God spoke to him to call and take 20-something pastors to Israel himself that had never been and just pour his life into them for a week. And we got a call. He paid for the whole trip. And we spent a week in Israel with Pastor Hagee. And I'm standing on the Mount of Olives. There we are with him and his wife, Diane. Flew Kathy and I over there. And one of my dreams was to pray at the Wailing Wall in Israel. There I am. And I got to stand in Washington, D.C. in front of congressmen and senators and speakers, a voice for the Jewish people in Israel. It was a mouthpiece for God. And then they called us, and a millionaire, when the war was going on with Hamas, said, I want to send a representative of every state to Israel to let Israel know America's got her back. And guess who got the call for the state of Florida? And what an honor to go during the middle of the war with Hamas I'm standing in Israel, and we're in a room in front of their parliament and different leaders and political leaders in Israel, and guess whose name got called to come up and speak on behalf of America? The guy that got seized and flunked speech class. Can I tell you? I know what it's like. You gotta, you gotta dream, baby. You gotta start dreaming and quit letting your past and letting things and letting all your failure and your insecurity. If you dream it, God will take you there. Yes, He will. So I want to challenge you today. Dream again. Dream again. And number three, there's a wrong view of God. I've got to wrap it up. A wrong view of God. You gotta get your view of God back. Because I want to tell you something, man. We're not up here celebrating somebody's statue. We're up here worshiping a God who's alive. He's all-powerful. He's Adonai. He's El Shaddai. He's the God who created the heavens and the earth. Nothing that's going on right now has got him by surprise. He's got a plan working out that he ordained before the foundation of the earth. He's got a supernatural spiritual awakening. One or two things is about to happen in America. I shared this the other Wednesday night. Revival, a real revival, not a church meeting. I'm talking about a spiritual awakening that's going to sweep across our nation. There's a spiritual awakening coming or a rapture. I'll take either one of those. What an exciting time, man, to have a proper view of God, knowing that he created you for such a time as this, to be right dead in the middle of it. So watch this. You see, you cannot let your image and view of God become boring. That's what's wrong with too many in the church right now. God's become boring. When the unchurched people say, I don't want to go to church because it's boring, it has to first be boring to the people who are already there before it can get boring to the people that hadn't come yet. But when it's exciting to you, it'll be exciting to them. 
And when God is massive to you, he'll become massive to them. I mean, can I, can I say this with you? You, you got to understand your prayer life defines your image of God. Do you know that? Your prayer life, my prayer life defines my image of God. How I pray is how I see God. And if I'm praying little, it's because I see God little. But if I'm praying big, it's because I believe he's big enough to answer my prayer. You know, we were trained to pray weak. Did you know that? We, we were trained to pray weak. It started like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake. I mean, how morbid is that? If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now help me sleep on that prayer. Really? Really, that's it? Jesus, will you just help today not be like yesterday? Jesus, will you just let me just have a good day? Nothing major has to go on today, Jesus. Just nothing bad, okay? Just nothing bad today. Really, is that our prayer? Is that where we've got God in our life? How about, Father... How about today, let a revival, let a spiritual awakening, let what you promised in your word, let this generation see it. Let my children be a voice in the heaven. Let this generation touch the world with a gospel of Christ. How about Jesus? How about letting my life just meet with someone today? Let my life, God, just intertwine with someone today that's hurting and broken, lonely and alone. Help me, God, to be a voice. Help my wallet to feed somebody hungry today. Give me excess, God, that I I can share and change the lives of others. Come on. Your prayer life determines why you see God. You got to change your view of God. Let me wrap up here. Here's God honoring dreams. Three things. I'm going to give them to you in just a couple minutes. Number one is God dreams will require risk. When you start dreaming God dreams, it's going to require some risk on your part. It's going to cost you something. Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's going to cause you to be at risk. God called Moses and he said, I want you to part the Red Sea and gave him a stick. A boat would have helped. And he got a stick. God called David to kill Goliath, gave him a slingshot. God called Jehoshaphat to destroy the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and gave him a choir with a song. God called Joshua to conquer the walls of Jericho and gave him a shout. They all took risk, but risks work when it's connected with a God dream. And it'll move you into a supernatural realm of God doing unbelievable things in your life. Some of you need to get out of that safety of your closet that in reality is going to become your coffin. Because you're going to die there with unfulfilled dreams. But you got to take the risk to open the door and say, I'm coming out, baby. I'm coming out. And I'm trusting God. And he's got some amazing things that's going to happen in my life. Risk, risk. Number two is God dreams require God involvement. Whatever dream God gives you, he's right dead in the middle of it. I said, God's right dead in the middle of it. Good to see Greg and Linda English with us would reimagine. And what a dream, what a, what a dream. 
What a dream, man, to impact communities. And you know what? There's a lot of risk still involved, but there's a God involvement because he's doing supernatural things. You got, you got a dream. You got to be willing to take that risk and understand that if God gives you that dream, he's right in the middle of it. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power. That's what? Working in us. Come on, God's dream means that God's right in the middle of it. Don't walk away from it. Believe God to do amazing things. And then thirdly and last, God's dreams change lives. Come on, folks. This is really what it's about. At the end of the day, it's not about the house that you and I live in. It's not about the car that we drive. It's not about the vacation that we get to take. The majority of the experiences in life, it's not about those things. When it's all said and done, it's about changing people's lives with the hope of Jesus. We're going to use that house God blessed me with, and we're going to bring people in, and we're going to, we're going to have small groups, and we're going to feed, and we're going to bless, and we're going to pray. We're, we're going to take that car God blessed me with. I'm going to take somebody to church with. I, I'm going to take whatever God's given me, the money he's blessed me with. I'm going, to, I'm going to sow that. I'm going to give that. I'm going to bless God. I'm going to bless people, realizing that the ultimate blessing, the ultimate purpose of our dream is, is someone's life being changed through it. Is someone being pointed to Jesus. It happened to me this week, and I close with this. I'm, I'm going to a hospital visit. And the family's waiting on me, and I'm late. And, and I go down Fairfield, and there's this young boy out there with a sign. And he looked like he was like 15, 16. It says, stranded, no family. And, and you know, I'm late, so I, I see him, and I pass. And, and, man, my heart's doing that heart thing, you know, and I know God's speaking to me, and I'm like, I'm late, God, I'm late. There's a doctor, everybody waiting on me. I'm late, and I just kept getting more and more, and finally I get almost to the hospital. I say, okay, I got it. Turn around, call the hospital. I'll be there, another mercy. Long story short, I come to meet with this guy. I pick up some Burger King on the way, and I meet with this kid and start talking. 17 years old, and everything's validified, so I'm telling facts. It's a foster kid. Came to Florida three months ago with a foster family, and they got in a fight, and he woke up that morning, and they're gone. He has no family from Virginia. Family doesn't want him. No alcohol, no drugs, just a homeless kid. We get to talking. Now he's in a program that's getting him back into the, the foster care and people taking care of him now. But I got to share with him, you know what? This isn't a coincidence day. This isn't about a Burger King sandwich. This is about Jesus once you know he's got a plan for your life. You're special to him. You are so special to him that he, he, he connected a preacher in you today just so he could tell you that he's got a plan for your life. He's, he's, this is the beginning of God working out and changing your life forever. And by the way, you're not a foster kid. You're a king's kid. You're amazingly special to him. And I watched the kid's whole countenance change. The only reason I'm saying that is that what was important to another family, and it was, and we got that taken care of, but when it comes to the salvation and the life of one person, everything else takes secondary. That's the ultimate goal in mind in your life is to impact somebody else's life with the hope of Jesus. You receive God's word today? Receive it. I close with this. Ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships were made for. Ships are safe when they're parked in the harbor, docked by them. And they're just there. But ships weren't made for that. They were made to sail in the open seas. And can I tell you, you and I are safe in the harbor of the church, but that's not what we were made for.
We were made to sail in the dangers of society and let a light shine that will point men and women to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray over this congregation today. I thank you for this body. I thank you for the privilege of pastoring this church, these amazing people. God, our our hearts are filled with so much expectation right now of what you're getting ready to do through your church, not just here, but all abroad. And God, I pray for every individual right now, and I I pray for those, God, that have lost their dream. They've they've lost that dream, God. They're in stagnation. They're they're just here. God, they've lost that dream. Circumstances, crisis have stolen their dream. If that's you right now, I'm not going to point you out. If that's you right now, and you'd be honest, and I've been there, and you say, Pastor, my dream's gone. But today, God's challenging me, and I'm going to get my dream back, starting it right here today. If that's you, would you just slip a hand where you sit? Come on, hands going up all over the building. I'm, I'm getting my dream back, getting my dream back in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. How many right now would say, Pastor, today I'm not a believer. I'm not a, I'm not a Christian. I know that God's real. I know he loves me, but... Some things have happened in my life and I've wandered away and, and, and I need to come home. That's my first things first today is I just need to come home and say yes to God. I'm ready for you to take over my life. Pray for me if that's you. Would you slip a hand up where you sit? God bless you. I'm not going to point you out. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all across the building. I'm ready, Pastor. This is my day. A decision with Jesus today. I want to say yes to him. Yes. It's my time to start over. Anyone else, very quickly before we pray. If you raise your hand or you did not, this is the beginning, it's not the end. This is just the beginning. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord, believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. So right now, I come to you, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. Right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, about eight or nine folks, raise your hand. Will you join me and let's give them a hand clap of praise.